Today, Marnie interviews Peter Lawson. Peter's company helps small businesses increase their revenue. He says that clarity comes from finding our superpowers. He finds power in his community and his systems help him to follow through. Listen on for his story. All right, so today I have Peter Lawson from Australia on the summit today. And Peter, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, I guess things all started way back in 1980. I, that's, that's when I started my first accounting practice, actually. Mm -hmm. I was very young, age 25, quite young to be practicing accounting in Australia. So that's where I started. That's where my roots are in, in accounting. Uh, I'm a numbers guy, and I'll tell you a little bit of what happened after that. But when I started accounting, I, I actually practiced for 22 years. I built and sold uh, three accounting practices during that time. I quite enjoyed building them up. I didn't like managing them. So <laughs> as simple as that. But I sort of give myself a break every you know, seven years or so, get that, you know, you get that seven-year itch, I sort of give myself a break every seven years, and the third break I had was permanent. So, yeah, and that's basically what I did. I quite enjoyed that. But I, I got a, we went through a, a period, we had a recession in Australia. It was a pretty daunting recession. Mm -hmm. And during that period, a lot of my clients were suffering. Mm -hmm. And I, that's where I got my big wake-up call, money. I felt personally responsible for the fact that they shouldn't have been suffering. <clears throat> right up to that point, I was an accountant, like a typical accountant that says, oh, I minimised the tax. Everybody wants to talk about minimising tax. It's the greatest load of rubbish that is, is ever known to man. Small businesses, yeah, we'll minimise the tax, but let's make the money first. Yes. And you know what? During a recession, I could tell you, there's no talk of tax because there's no income. <laughs> <laughs> Simple as that. So... I felt personally responsible. And, uh, you know, the reason my, my clients have pretty good businesses, but the fact was they'd taken their eye off the ball a little bit and their customers weren't able to pay them. They weren't able to pay their customers. And so it's a domino effect that happened. It was yeah. quite severe. So I took it on personally then to help them around the other side of that. And I managed to do so. But it was at that point I said, forget about tax. I've got tax people in my office. They can deal over there. I am going to help small business. I'm going to help them with fiscal management. And it just became so obvious to me. See, uh, money. had I been on the ball, had I been talking to those clients about their, their debtors, their accounts receivable, the age of them, collecting them, had I been talking about their stock and, and had I been you know, nailing them about their, their numbers every month on a regular basis, keeping them accountable, none of that would have happened, I can assure you. And that's what I'm about now. I don't want that to happen anymore. So... Then I had a practice purely, you could not be a client of the practice unless you had regular accounts prepared. And we charged a little more than most, of course, because of that service. But all my clients deemed my coaching fees not to be a cost, but to be an investment. My that's accounting awesome. Yeah, that's so, what you want to be. You want to be on the right side of it. Well, correct. Well, when, I, when I retired from accounting, uh, from practice, it was 2002, I decided to help accountants. I helped accountants with uh, making their practices a bit more efficient, but with a view to them helping their small business owners mm -hmm. more, you know, with fiscal management. I did that for a while. I, I mean, I still tend to do it, but honestly, trying to teach accountants something is like herding cats. It's <laughs> just not going to work. Um, my cats are easier to herd than them. But anyway, <laughs> I won't, won't go on, go into that, but 
I'm really annoyed with the accounting profession for not taking this ball and running with it. And I hope that with this crisis we've got on now, which is worldwide, they will get the picture. The thing is, I wanted to help them to help small business. Mm-hmm. So then I decided um, I'm going to practice what I preach and what I taught. And then I, I bought a couple of businesses and uh, the, uh, I bought those businesses not very long after I bought those two businesses, which were really down in the dumps and not going so well. The little thing called the GFC happened. You might recall that in the history of America. <laughs> and, but during that time, that four-year span that we went through, I held those companies for, those businesses, I managed to build them and sell them. One was sold for three times more than what I paid for it. So I love that. I'm not bragging about things, but I'm just saying practice what you preach, you know. And yeah. so I did that. I had, uh, you know, I, I quite enjoyed that and I quite enjoyed the day I bought it and I quite enjoyed the day I left. I was fine. I still keep in touch with those people. But so then I went on from there and I decided I want to go and help small business. They, you know, they, they, they need, they need our help. And I decided to start coaching. <clears throat> so then, with that in mind, I was going okay, you know, but and helping them mainly with their with their numbers, you know, talking about their numbers, keeping them in track and and managing and keeping them honest, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So um, keeping them accountable, I think they say. So that was all well and good, but it came, kept coming back to the point, Pete, you keep telling us we've got to put our gross profit ratio up. It's got to increase. Pete, and it all boils We've done everything we can. We've looked at reducing the stock. We've talked to our purchase suppliers. We've done all that. But, Pete, the last thing left is sales. How do we, how do we increase that? I couldn't answer the question. So I thought I'd better have an answer to that question. So I went out and I saw the courses. I, I looked. Okay, so money, I mentioned I... I, I had to find some tools and I searched worldwide to find the appropriate tools for coaching and some marketing content and everything. I had no idea about marketing and how I grew those businesses. But anyway, the, uh, the classic is I did get those resources. I did get that training <clears throat> and that was going back more than eight years now and I'm with the same organisation. The beauty of it is I can now combine some marketing instincts some uh, business growth strategies, some goal setting items, etc. Combine that with looking at the numbers. That's and uh, yeah, I look. I, I even went further from there. I had a, a meeting with the chairman of our organisation. I decided I wanted to coach more coaches so I could get to more small business owners. And now I coach business. I, I coach coaches in the USA and Canada. That's I've awesome. Been, uh, yeah, I have twenty two coaches and. There's yeah, there's 19 of those are in the USA and Canada, oh, and three of them are in Australia still. So uh, that's what I do now. That's what I really have a passion for doing. I have a, a marvelous group of uh, coaches. My coaches are now saying we're so busy, Pete. We've got more demand than we've ever had, and it's great. People are realizing they need a coach, a good coach. But we're getting our coaches. Also, there's some business owners that are really struggling, and they are giving them free coaching for three months. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's what our community is like. We we just get out there and help people, you know. Yeah. Um, everybody needs help. Humans are pretty amazing when they when when it comes down to it. Oh yeah, it's it's just a you get that's the best reward you'll ever have. Yeah. You know? <laughs> My yeah. biggest consulting fee I ever had was when somebody thanked me in front of about ten people. I was at a charity event. I was I was the actual uh, auctioneer at a charity event. You know, black tie affair and you know all that and all who has and I was standing with a group of people. This lady walked across the room 
and excused herself and shook her hand and said, thank you for giving my husband back. And then she said about telling them what difference I made to her husband's life and and took all his stress away and improved his business and everything. That was the biggest consulting fee I've ever received in my life, I've got to say. You know, that that happened to me once as well. It was a little bit different though. This Mm -hmm. woman said to me, what have you done to my husband? Oops. And I'm like, I didn't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) He's so much better. (laughs) It was broken, now you fixed it. I love it. I don't think I did anything bad. So, yeah, yeah. pretty crazy. That, that's wonderful. And so having your own business, how has that changed your life? Well, I've never, I'm really been unemployed, to be quite honest, mate. I, I haven't been employed since age 25, and I'm a tad over 25 now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 22 under 25, you get a bit of an idea. No, I've never had a job. What... Difference of made of my life. Well, I've never known anything different than living on the edge. Mm-hmm. I I do not live in my comfort zone too well. I'm not comfortable in my comfort zone. There's always got to be something happening. There's always if if things are going along too smoothly, I want to rock the boat a bit, you know. And that's why I love business. That's why I love dealing with coaches. I've got my coaches not on edge so much, but I've got them thinking all the time. And in all honesty. I do love a recession. It's a great time to sweep the floors, tidy everything up, and people have got time on their hands to come up with ideas. And they they also are in a mindset of what do we do now rather than just doing the, the what's the word that I'm looking for? What is that word that means the same all the time? And it's... it's well, it's, a, it's actually the, the definition of... of going crazy isn't it didn't yeah. I, I say the definition of insanity is doing the, the same thing expecting a different result the status quo that's it status quo. oh okay that's what yeah. i was that's what i was looking for yeah. when everything breaks down there is no status quo right and yep. so at that at that moment of of complete breakdown there's well what else is there what do we do now and yeah. That's what I'm hoping, you know, I, I, I'm actually really grateful that this summit is happening right now sure. because it's really one of those critical times when we can kind of blow everything up and go, okay, how do we put it back together again so that it can be a better life for us? And well, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, so, we're speak- seeing amazing results with some businesses. Yeah, Some business owners' money that thought their business was finished is now their business have now lit up. That's wonderful. I'll give you an example. There was a butcher shop, but one of my, my coaches had a guy with a butcher shop, and he said, I'm gone. Retail shop, boom. You know, nobody's coming. Well, cut a long story short, we put it into an online business yeah. with, a, with a free delivery, just a drop off delivery sort of thing. And the, the client now said to his coach, Well, you just made me $80,000 because I'm not going back in the shop. My lease has expired. I'm not going to pay rent anymore. I don't need to. I can do this all from home. It even got better. They even, this is this is what I love about people thinking. He even got smarter than that. He even got onto the abattoirs and said, will you pack meats for me and send it direct? And they said, yes. So, there you go. There's a guy. And now he sells more meat in four hours than he sells in a day. 
I know. Isn't that crazy? That's, that's yep. beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. So, so tell us in working with your clients and yourself, how do you help them or get for yourself? How do you get clarity? How do we get clarity? Well, we have a number of ways of that. We get clarity really by drilling down and finding our superpowers. Yeah. You know, you've got to find your superpower, which is your market dominating position. I mm -hmm. guess in some terms you call it a USP, unique selling product. Yep. We determine that. <clears throat> Once we determine what our why people come to us and not to them, mm -hmm. why people come to me and not to you or whatever. Mm -hmm. Once we we have that, we've got a clear picture of where we're what we are, our mm -hmm. superpower. And then we have to get a clear picture on who we can help. And I think you and I had this. You and I have had this discussion before, Money. Yeah. If people don't want your help, you can't help them. No, no. So there's no point targeting people who don't want your help. Yeah. So we drill down. And therefore, our coaches are very efficient with what they do. They don't waste a lot of time or money, for that matter, looking for something that that they shouldn't be looking for. Right. In other words, if somebody rang one of my coaches and said, I want to buy four track tires, they wouldn't say, yeah, I'll, I'll get that organised for you. They'll just say, I don't sell track tires. <laughs> so it's as easy as that. <clears throat> um, yeah, so that's what I, I, I really get them to focus and stay focused. And that's part of what I really do with them yeah. uh, a lot. I, I spend more time <clears throat> working on keeping them strong up here. And yeah, mindset. strength and confidence then flows through. It's mind, a lot of mindset. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I fortunately have my wife is a, a, a an NLP master and oh, mindset. I coach. love NLP. And uh, yeah, and she's just unbelievable. And if I have any of my my coaches that have got an issue, I I pay for their session with her. That's great. Yeah, that. you know, I, I did uh, NLP down in New Zealand. When I was yeah. 25, I used yeah. to smoke a, well, a couple of years ago. That's a, a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> a pack of cigarettes a day. I did NLP over a series of sessions with this woman, and I never smoked again a day in my life. Yeah. She was just phenomenal. And, and so whenever anybody asks me about that, I'm like, go get NLP hypnosis. It's the only way. Oh, yeah, well, I guess it's not the only way, but the, the fact is we all have these limiting beliefs and if somebody's got them and you're trying to work with them and move them forward, you can't get them forward until you get the blockage out of the way. Yeah. I whip them, in, I whip them into the professor and uh, <laughs> she, she, they generally have a few more sessions where they have to pay for their own sessions beyond that one, but I pay for yeah. the first one. I get a little bit of a discount, I think. Anyway. <laughs> I hope so. Um, <laughs> the main thing is we've got to do what we can to help people and that's, again, your clarity. You know what you have available. You know what these people need. They aren't aware of it. Do it whichever way you have to to yeah. get them where they want to go. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, so speaking of getting them where you want to go, yep. um, what about power? So power. When, when I talk about power, <laughs> I mean like willpower because as you and I know, as business owners, there are days when things are not going right. And where do you find the power to continue on when things aren't going right or when you're having a bad day? What is it that, that gives you your power back? Okay. 
let's face it, money, when you're in business, uh, there's no hiding under rocks. If you're having a bad day, you've still got to turn up. And with a smile and everything else. I, I think the power that we've got now, we've got a, a large organisation with a lot of coaches and we do have a lot of support there, but just within my, in my own business, my own coaching business, my coaches, I think we have power within. We have power in our community. There's no, the other thing with my coaches too, uh, I'll tell, well, how do I get myself back on track? I probably give myself a few slaps around the face and say, wake up yourself, get back in the chair. <clears throat> I, uh, I would tend to go for a walk, mm -hmm. air my head, don't have any headphones on or anything, just go for a walk, just clear myself. I do a lot of meditation in the mornings. That, that, that is prevention better than the cure. It, yeah, yeah. I, look, I, you know what? I don't have too many bad days, Marnie, because what I really do is I focus on getting the right people on board that I love and I really want to help. And every day, every call that I have coming from my coaches, it's just, oh, great, I'm going to talk to so-and-so. Here's what I do with my coaches. We do have formal meetings, but we have what's called an SOS call. Mm -hmm. They can check into my calendar and my calendar link and book a 15-minute call. If they've got something, there's an itch they can't scratch. Got it. They also have their fellow coaches, but they come to me and there's not a problem. I have never been, have never been stumped to solve a problem in 15 minutes with any of the coaches. That's so, awesome. Uh, that, I think, because I've got to be strong for them, I've got to be strong for me too. And so I think <clears> what <throat> I hear you saying is that by emptying your head right mm. with the mindfulness with the meditation yeah. with the walking mm. and it's interesting that this is becoming a common pattern with the speakers in the summit yep. is they say that the way they get clarity is by emptying their head and then that brings the clarity and it's interesting the distinction that you put on it is get help if you can't get clear yourself sure yeah that's, that's really interesting something you reminded me of there too Marnie and <clears throat> what I've started doing <clears throat> is I on Mondays now mm -hmm. which is your Sunday okay so nobody's <laughs> nobody's calling me on on Sunday but I have what's called a think day mm -hmm. I do nothing on Mondays other than think I start yeah. the day by a meditation session I'll go for a walk in the yeah. park fresh air no headphones on, no nothing. I read some books. I read regularly. But on the Mondays, I generally tend to read for a bit longer. I just think all day. Yeah. I just think about stuff. I do a bit of, I do all my administration on the Monday as well. So I don't do any administration any other day. This Monday, and I'll tell you what, I do preach this to everybody, have a day off a week to yourself. Yes. Be selfish. And it ain't a weekend. It's a weekday. It is part of your business week. To have that day and be good for people that way prevention is better than the cure you'll always have your power there to be there to help others <clears throat> absolutely that day for me is wednesday normally okay. yep. um, however we're meeting on a wednesday on my wednesday and that's because this the summit's kind of special but i don't and my little monster, just a little monster. Hopefully, he'll calm down. Um, oh, by the way, 
COVID virus, do you have separation rules in your in, in America for COVID virus? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we better keep our 1.5 distance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's awesome. That's our doggy break, guys. <laughs> when, when I had it, uh, you know, earlier, yeah, I had it and... Uh, I, I was I was talking to my clients and they're like, well, thank God we do everything remotely. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of my business. It's been virtual forever. Yeah. You know, that's even right. in the States, it's virtual. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, coaches talk to me about, oh, and what would my territory be? I, said, I say to them, um, well, because we are a virtual business, your territory is actually planet Earth. Yeah. And if you can find somebody on Mars, you can go there as well. Help <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome yeah. Yeah. okay so carrying on from that power yes. mm. if we've got clarity and yep. we have our power now what structure do you put in place for yourself or even for your coaches mm. to help with follow-through okay I, I think that brings us down to having a system in place mm -hmm. Everybody thinks I've got a great memory. No, I've got a good system. Yes, so me too. I'll, I'll go through. I implore anybody in business, the, the wealth of the business is its database. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've got to control and manage that database. Okay. So everybody you meet, everybody you talk to, everybody you come in touch with that's on your target, whatever, go straight into what we call a CRM system. I'm sure you've heard of those things. Um, yeah, I have. Okay. <laughs> So you get a, and get a proper one. Yeah. Get one that reminds you that has a little call, seven o'clock, you go to your computer, you're, at, you're doing, and it goes, ding, Pete, you've got to call so-and-so. Yeah. You've got to talk to them about this. And, and that CRM system also saves the memory bank. So you can, you mentioned before clearing the head. This keeps my head clear. Absolutely. I rely on that. If it breaks down, yeah, I'm uncomfortable, but that's, but why bother uh, spending three hours <laughs> longer doing things or clogging up the head when maybe a, a one-hour mishap uh, can be overcome. So we rely heavily on the CRM. I uh, also rely heavily on my team around me. As they say in the classics, you know, you are very hard to soar like an eagle when you're surrounded by turkeys. <laughs> so I have your dream team. My dream team is, uh, you know, a, a team that my, my assistant conducts as well. She looks after that. She makes sure I don't forget things. And uh, we put everything on the CRM. You know, I'm having a chat with you. I'm going to put this on the CRM. Absolutely. You know, uh, because uh, next time we pick up, I'm going to say, hey, did we get to that follow-up thing? <laughs> so when you're talking about follow-up and follow-through, etc., you've got to have a, a systemized thing that makes sure that there's very little sneak through the cracks. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's, I guess that's all I've got to say. I mean, and I'll tell you, in relation to follow-up, Proofs in the power, of, in the pudding, and the power of follow-up. Mm -hmm. If you, you, I mean, have a think about this, Marnie. You know, you've just done a, a workshop or whatever, <clears throat> and you send the people a few emails and you send them a book or whatever, and uh, and then uh, and then uh, you don't ring them up. Mm. So if you ring them up, you're going to have about seventy-five percent better chance of them wanting to do more things with you. Yeah, because people, I mean. People take a few times to get the, the drip happening. I call it the seven drip theory. You know, you're yeah. lying in bed and you, you hear the, the, the laundry sink going plonk, 
plonk. <laughs> oh, no. But about on the seventh plonk, it goes clonk. Yeah. And, 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 it's, and it's gone. That's what I call the seven drip theory. It really, you know, seven to 12 touches with people yeah. to, to line them around. And that's all about follow-up nurture. It's important. Uh, Absolutely. You know, you know, and these days with Messenger, yes. you know, that, that is the open rates and conversion rates are so much higher on Messenger as compared to email. Text okay. is really high as well. Right. So, hmm. yeah, that's, that's you know, all, all in, in what I do on the other side, which is the tech side of stuff. Right? Okay. Yeah, and I know you're very technical. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so but it, it's good to know that, you know, and, and so many times in the summit, we have talked about having freedom and structure, right? Mm -hmm. By having those structures in place, we get a lot more freedom, right? Sure. That's it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, people that fear becoming a, um, relying too much on, uh, you know, on, on technology. I mean, you get these people that say, oh, damn internet, you know. And they say, well, might as well just you know, go back to the old way. So if you do it the old way, you'd still be doing it. Yeah. <clears throat> you, know, you, you, you wouldn't be there. You wouldn't be where you are now. You've got to have a few breakdowns. That's okay. It's all part of the deal. I, I never get brushed with that sort of stuff. I either call my assistant and she calls the IT buddy or whatever and the guy and they, they sort it out. But I'm not about to learn how to work those things out. It's not my forte. Yeah. My thing about getting to people and helping them. And if I'm fiddling around, messing around, trying to work out a, an IT problem, uh, that ain't, ain't going to help anybody. <laughs> you, you, you've obviously heard of SWOT analysis. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah, yeah. You know the W? What does that stand for? I don't, I can't remember Weakness. it off the top of my head. Tell me again. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats. And here's the situation. Everybody will say, they all say when they go through that process, oh, now we're going to work on these weaknesses. I say, you don't touch the bloody weaknesses. They're staying there. They're going to stay there. I don't want to play with them. I'm just but going to work on the S, the S model and I'm going to reduce the threats and, and uh, I'm going to take all the opportunity. But the weaknesses, I'll, I'll employ people to fix that. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Peter. It was such a pleasure having you on today. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, please leave us a review. It really helps others to decide if they're going to listen to this series has been all about clarity, power, and follow-through. Entire Task can help you get clear with its vision board. It gives you the power to do what's most important with our algorithms and to chunk things down so it's easy to follow through. Check it out at EntireTask.com.